I burned with the knowledge. My hair was black and silky. When Willow brushed it, I felt the strokes from the top of my head all the way down my back. My eyes were shaped like bamboo leaves. My brows were like gentle brush strokes limbed by a calligrapher. My cheeks glowed the pale pink of a peony petal. My father and mother liked to comment on how appropriate this was because my name was Peony. I tried, as only a young girl can, to live up to the delicateness of my name. My lips were full and soft. My waist was small, and my breasts were ready for a husband's touch. I wouldn't say I was vain. I was just a typical fifteen-year-old girl. I was secure in my beauty, but had enough wisdom to know it was only fleeting. My parents adored me and made sure I was educated, highly educated. I lived a rarefied and precious existence in which I arranged flowers, looked pretty, and sang for my parents' entertainment. I was so privileged that even my maid had bound feet. As a small girl, I believed that all the gatherings we held and all the treats we ate during Double Seven were a celebration for me. No one corrected my mistake, because I was loved and very, very spoiled. I took a breath and let it out slowly. Happy. This would be my last birthday at home before I married out, and I was going to enjoy every minute. I left my room in the unmarried girls' hall and headed in the direction of our ancestral hall to make offerings to my grandmother. I'd spent so much time getting ready that I made a quick obeisance. I didn't want to be late for breakfast. My feet couldn't take me as fast as I wanted to go, but when I saw my parents sitting together in a pavilion overlooking the garden, I slowed. If Mama was late, I could be late too. Unmarried girls should not be seen in public, I heard my mother say. I'm even concerned for my sisters-in-law. You know I don't encourage private excursions. Now to bring outsiders in for this performance. She let her voice trail off. I should have hurried on, but the opera meant so much to me that I stayed, lingering out of sight behind the twisted trunks of a wisteria vine. There is no public here, Baba said. This will not be some open affair where women disgrace themselves by sitting among men. You will be hidden behind screens. But outside men will be within our walls. They may see our stockings and shoes beneath the screen. They may smell our hair and powder. And of all the operas, you have chosen one about a love affair that no unmarried girl should hear. My mother was old-fashioned in her beliefs and her behavior. In the social disorder that followed the cataclysm, when the Ming dynasty fell and the Manchu invaders took power, many elite women enjoyed leaving their villas to travel the waterways in pleasure boats, write about what they saw, and publish their observations. Mama was completely against things like that. She was a loyalist, still dedicated to the overthrown Ming emperor, but she was excessively traditional in other ways. When many women in the Yangtze Delta were reinterpreting the four virtues, virtue, demeanor, speech, and work, 
my mother constantly chided me to remember their original meaning and intent. Hold your tongue at all times, she liked to say. But if you must speak, wait until there is a good moment. Do not offend anyone. My mother could get very emotional about these things because she was governed by Qing, sentiment, passion, and love. These forces tie together the universe and stem from the heart, the seat of consciousness. My father, on the other hand, was ruled by Li, cold reason and mastered emotions, and he snorted indifferently at her concern that strangers were coming. You don't complain when the members of my poetry club visit. But my daughter and my nieces aren't in the garden when they're here. There's no opportunity for...